McGirt decision and will now have to be retried in federal court. And one. Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter happening today after a virtual ceremony last year. There will be a 1,000 special guests in attendance today as we mark 26 years since 168 Oklahomans died in the Oklahoma City bombing. The observance is set for 845 this morning. Joined live on the KRMG Morning News by Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum. Good morning, Mayor. You were, do I remember right, you were working in Washington when the OKC bombing happened? September 11th. It happened, and uh, we had back then they had this thing called Channel One that was supposed to be like a news broadcast for, for school students. Yeah, for students. yeah, and yeah. so every room had a TV station, and it's like school just stopped, mm-hmm. and everybody was just sitting in their classrooms watching the footage of it. And it was one of those things where you just One, you couldn't believe that that would happen in Oklahoma uh, and that I think the thing that struck, I know, me so profoundly, uh, even as a high school student, was just the complete disregard for the life of children, Uh, remembering seeing that Mm -hmm. the kids who died in that event and just how how awful a human being can be to, to think that that's a great political statement to make. Um, as a you know the the prodigy of a, a political family, um, that had to I, I guess you probably had to think to yourself you know what would how do we lead ourselves out of this mess? What I don't know. Did it have any did you have any deeper thoughts other than just the you know the the, the shock at what you were witnessing? Well, actually, for our family, the the initial uh, impact of it was that. Uh, my dad was an administrator for the American Red Cross uh, in the region. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he and and all of his colleagues at the Red Cross here in Tulsa immediately headed to Oklahoma City and basically lived there for weeks. And one of the things that I remember from that time that he talked about was how uh, so many people in Tulsa showed up wanting to donate blood to, to help uh, the, the survivors of the attack. And, and the reality is that the only blood that's available to help those folks is blood that had been donated weeks earlier that's been able to be processed. And so that's why it's so important uh, for people to, to donate on a routine basis and not wait for a tragedy to happen to try and help out in that way. Well, I remember the uh, lines at the uh, blood donation centers in Dallas-Fort Worth at the time, too. They had a similar outpouring down there. I wanted to just kind of switch focus to something that may be in the future for Tulsa. Well, it's definitely going to be in the future. The only question is how soon. And and that is new homes for the police and fire departments and any other public safety personnel. Tulsa World with an article over the weekend saying you guys are talking about it now, maybe putting everybody in one building. Yeah, that's something that, you know, at, at the city of Tulsa, when we put together a capital improvements program for a vote, we have a, a list of projects that have been developed for years before they're presented for a potential con- uh, inclusion in a, a, a sales tax or bond program. And it requires a lot of work in advance to make sure that we have a good, good project. And so uh, at the end of last year, 
uh, I, I was doing planning for my second term and I asked both Chief Franklin, the police department and Chief Baker and the fire department, you know, what does success look like at the end of the next four years? From your standpoint, what do I need to be focused on as mayor to make sure I'm doing the best I can for your department? And what's really interesting is these two guys have become really good friends. Um, I mean, in the past, you know, fire chiefs and police chiefs like to tease each other and stuff, but these guys go out and get coffee on the weekends together. Uh, and they put their heads together and they said, you know what? It'd be a lot more effective for both of our departments if we work together more closely. And one of the ways that we can do that uh, is by having a, a joint public safety center. Uh, the, the police department is housed currently the headquarters is in a rundown old building that's next to our convention center, which all of our long-term plans show a convention hotel should be there. That's the highest best and best use of that property, not having a police headquarters right next to our convention center. And then the fire department is located in a, an old building in a floodplain in Northwest Tulsa. Hmm. And so we know both of them are, are going to need to move at some point. And the fact that you've got two chiefs who are thinking about how the police department, the fire department can work together more closely. I, I think it's great, but uh, we've started planning, but to your point, there's no funding to do this right now. Right. Uh, but, but I'm, uh, excited that we have chiefs with that kind of focus. And so our team at the city has just started the very early stages. Probably not the first to suggest this, and I'm this. sure the timing is horrible, but what about the WPX Energy Building under construction? Oh, that, no, I think that everything I'm hearing is that, that they are uh, uh, doing a, a good job of getting private sector uh, uh, tenants in there oh. and also I mean, uh, I, I love the idea of having a joint public safety center, but we don't need anything that fancy. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. All <laughs> right. That's a really, really nice office building. And I think both of our chiefs would be the first to say, like, that they don't need anything that fancy. Also, you need something with uh, a, a significant amount of, of parking for all the vehicles that go there. So we'll, we're, we've already evaluated, as the world pointed out, you know, one potential location, but... There are a lot of other locations I'm sure we'll evaluate uh, as the, the road moves ahead, but yeah. it, it is something that we're thinking about and planning. This for. is why I'm a glorified disc jockey and not a city planner. <laughs> I know Rick had a question. It, it, although, you know, if you think about that big building, you could put it, since they play basketball, you could put an arena in there, right? And then they could, you know, you could hold <laughs> right. games. All right. Uh, I do want to know this. You know, we, we're, we know the mask mandate's about to come to an end. Things continue as they are. What do you see changing in a major way for city operations once COVID wanes, mask mandates go away? What comes back first? What What happens? You know, the, the main thing that we're seeing, uh, and not to let the cat out of the bag, but I'll be presenting the, my, the, the budget that the council and I have been working on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, we, we'll have pools and splash pads and parks reopened this summer, um, which will be great for kids and families. Uh, our city operations, really since last June, have slowly been moving back to normal. Uh, I really leave it at the discretion of supervisors as to when their uh, employees need to be back in the office. Uh, we found that for some areas, especially like our call center, we actually have better retention uh, and better efficiency with remote work than forcing people to be in the office. Uh, so we'll, 
we'll continue to evaluate that over time. I honestly, I think the reality is when the mask mandate ends at the end of the month, I, I don't think a whole lot's going to change uh, from a day-to-day life standpoint for Tulsans. Um, people are still going to do what they think is safe for them. Uh, they can still wear masks if they want. Businesses can still enforce it and require it if they want. It's just that you're not going to have the city and the health department there ready to cite somebody for a violation of it. Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. 739. Five-day forecast brought to you by